This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben. I don't have a clear assessment of, of the overall impact of the cap ramifications, but I think it's reasonable to to assume that there's a chance that he's going to be back, certainly. As people mentioned, you will have a decision to make at some point here. Uh, how do you figure, how do you feel that'll play out? You know, I still have a year left on my contract. Uh, I hope the Steelers want me back if, if, if that's the way we go. President Trump's phone call to Georgia Secretary of State Ben Roethlisberger. There are not many things in the world of politics that we can be confident about, Shereen. We can be confident that Roethlisberger's not the Secretary of State of Georgia. I didn't expect that part when we were looking back at some of the recent developments involving Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. He's in the news today because general manager Kevin Colbert said some things yesterday. We'll break those things down over the course of the next two hours, plus talk about plenty of other things. And look who's here. Morning show debut. Up early. Previously afternoon, right? I know how the millennials are. They like to get their sleep. You okay? Miles Simmons with us. You okay? Early? You got sleep out of your eyes? You ready to go? Listen, my friends would all tell you that I have a huge sleeping problem anyway, so this is probably even better for me than the afternoon, Mike. This is great. Well, excellent. Well, it's great, and it's great to have you with us, and we'll get through these two hours, and you can go back to bed if that's what you choose to do once the two-hour show is over. Let's get to it, though, with Ben Roethlisberger. And, and let me set the stage here, Miles, because it was a few weeks ago that we heard from Steelers owner Art Rooney saying, essentially, we want to do it again, but we have to do something about his contract. $41.25 million cap charge going into the last year of his deal. We have to do something. Ben Roethlisberger quickly says, hey, I'm up for it. I want to come back. I don't even care what I make this year. So it created the impression this would easily get fixed. And like everything else that seems easy, this one isn't easy. Here's GM Kevin Colbert speaking to reporters yesterday about Roethlisberger's situation. Yeah, as we sit here today, Ben is a member 
of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he met with Art Rooney. He went with Coach Tomlin. He met with myself uh, shortly after the season ended. Uh, he reiterated that to us, that he wants to continue to play. And we, we told him, quite frankly, we have to look at this current situation. You know, Art Rooney addressed that, that with Ben's current uh, cap number, um, some adjustment will have to be made. And we're not negotiating as, as we sit here and answer this question. You know, Ben Roethlisberger is on the team. Ben Roethlisberger did a lot of really good things last year, and we anticipate that he could still do some good things moving forward. So hopefully there's a way that we can try to figure out and do what's best for the organization and do what's best for Ben. And hopefully he'll be able to see that and feel the same way we do. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done. It is first and foremost financially because we have to be in compliance and then we're making guesstimates on as to what we can do to put the best team together um, for our sake, for Ben's sake. What kind of team can he anticipate being around him if, if we decide that we can move forward together? So it's an ongoing process. This doesn't involve him, but it involves the players around him. And I'm sure he's going to want to see what type of team we can keep together under our current situations and hopefully we can all make the correct adjustments uh, to keep that group together as much as possible. Piercing through what we just heard, Miles, this is my gut feeling. The Steelers, if they believe, are not going to have enough talent around Ben Roethlisberger to be true contenders in 2021. They are just going to remove the Band-Aid and end it with Ben. That's the question here, because it should not be difficult to figure out a contract. It should not be all that hard to move the cap number somewhere between 41.25 and 22.25, and he's counting for 22.25 no matter what. But the Steelers understand, I believe, that if they're not going to be very good, let's go ahead and be not very good all the way and start planning for our future at the quarterback position. Yeah, I sort of got deja vu listening to Colbert talk from a couple of weeks ago when we were listening to Les Snead, and he said, well, Jared Goff is a Ram right now at this moment. Uh, what's today? It's January, whatever it is, and Jared Goff is a Ram right now. And if Kevin Colbert's going to talk about Ben Roethlisberger in those same sort of terms, then it just makes you think, well, they seem to be planning to move on without him. And I think that Kind of that makes sense. Now, I also agree that Roethlisberger did some good things in 2020, but I think when it came to the end of the season, you're like, man, I don't know how much more he's got in the tank. And if that is the case, then Mike, I, I totally understand why they're starting to think about their future without Ben Roethlisberger. And frankly, if he can't come back or if he doesn't agree to come back at a significantly reduced rate, then yeah, I think Mike, it would make a lot of sense for them to start to move on from him. I mean, think about this. They have a meeting right after the season. He says, I'm all in. And they say, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have to take a look at your situation. That's not good from the get-go. And what Colbert said yesterday does conflict to a certain extent with the message sent by Art Rooney. Now, it could be that Art Rooney just doesn't want to be the bad cop in all of this. And anytime you have a separation with a quarterback who has been a cornerstone of your franchise since 2004 when he was thrust into action. Tommy Maddox gets injured. 
Here comes Ben Roethlisberger. I still recall vividly Alan Fanick, a new Hall of Famer, saying, I really don't want to play with this guy fresh out of college. They go 15-1, and and they almost get to the Super Bowl, and they win it the next year, and then they win it three years after that. And it's not going to be an easy thing. A lot of Steelers fans out there, even though 10 years ago they were ready to move on without Ben Roethlisberger after the off-field stuff, they are loyal to Ben, and they don't like the idea of conceding. And if you don't move forward with Ben, and if you don't have somebody else that you can easily bring in, and given their cap situation, they probably don't, it's Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. And if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm not thrilled about 2021. But you could be better in 2022 if you go ahead and move on from Ben in 2021. I think that's what they're thinking. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't feel really good about having Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph as my quarterback either. I mean, maybe a little bit better with Rudolph over Haskins, but at the same time, look, I mean, that's not that's not a good QB situation that you're walking into there, especially when you think about how awful they were at running the ball, especially down the stretch in the season. They couldn't run the ball at all. And I think that almost has more to do with why Ben Roethlisberger started to look as bad as he did toward the end there, especially in that playoff game against Cleveland. Look, things just weren't going right when they did not have any kind of run game. And so that, first of all, is the thing that they've got to correct. And if they don't correct that run game problem, then I don't necessarily know how good Ben Roethlisberger is going to be anyway, because really the best way I think to extend the life of an aging quarterback is to have a solid run game. And when the Steelers didn't have that, you obviously saw Mike that they just couldn't get anything done to win football games. Look at that rushing yards per game, 84.4 dead last in the NFL. And miles, you said couldn't run the ball. There's a belief that, with Roethlisberger at the line of scrimmage and having the power to change plays, they wouldn't run the ball. Specifically, he wouldn't run the ball, checking into pass plays instead. And if that's going on and if that's aggravating the coaching staff and if they feel like they just can't tell him what to do and at this point of his career he's not coachable to some extent, to some extent, I don't want to paint too broadly here, but if there's any type of irritation that is lingering because of that, that's when you have a head coach who says, we just can't behave this way. We can't operate this way. We need a quarterback who's going to do what we expect him to do, and he can't change all our running plays to pass plays. And that's part of the problem. Now, as it relates to the contract, when I listened to Colbert as we played it earlier in the segment, he makes it sound a lot more complicated than it is. It's really not complicated. And there's an easy way to fix this. Now, there's two ways it goes. One is he gets his full $19 million this year, and they restructure it so it becomes a signing bonus the most that you can. You have to leave $1.075 million behind his salary. That's the minimum salary he can be paid this year. But then the rest of that money can be turned into a signing bonus, and you can shrink the rest of the number this year. You can get it to around $26 million, but then you have to take the difference next year. You're always going to have that reckoning. See, there's always when you have a quarterback and you have a cap issue and you keep kicking the can, the reckoning is going to come. The question for the Steelers is, do they take the reckoning now or do they take the reckoning next year? And you could argue it would be better to take the reckoning next year when the salary cap's higher. And without knowing the salary cap, that's the other part of this. And this is complicating negotiations throughout the NFL. If we don't know what the cap is, we don't know how much money to budget to this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. How much of a pay cut do we ask Ben to take? We don't know yet. And that's the broader dilemma 
the Steelers are facing. The challenge is, how are we going to sprinkle a team around him when we don't know what the cap's going to be? And Clark Hunt, the Chiefs owner and finance committee chairman, suggested a couple of weeks ago, Miles, that they may not know until a few hours before the league year begins. It's a lot of work that needs to be done in a short period of time, especially with Roethlisberger due to make a $15 million roster bonus on the third day of the league year. So they may just decide there's more work here than we can do. And even when we know the salary cap, we're not going to be able to get to where we want to go. So we're just going to throw our hands in the air and say we have to pay for the sins of salary caps past. But that's not, it just doesn't seem like it would be the Steelers' way of doing things for them to sort of throw their hands up in the air. Because if there were ever a year that they probably should have done that, it was 2019 when Ben got hurt so early on in the season. And then you got to play Mason, play Mason Rudolph. And then they go out and they get Minka Fitzpatrick and they trade their first round pick. And then they still end up going 500. And so I just don't necessarily see them doing that and approaching it that way just because it doesn't seem like the way the Steelers would ever do things. However, I think in a year where you don't know what the cap is going to be, but you know the cap is going down, this also would be the year that you say, all right, look, we're just going to you know, pay for the sins of salary cap passed and contracts passed, and we're going to just take the reckoning now. And then as we go into 2022, then we have a bit more of a fresh start. And then, Mike, we can say, look, this is where we know we're going to go. And we know that we can plan to have a better future if we just have this one year where we may be a little bit down. And I I don't mean to suggest that Mike Tomlin would throw his hands in the air because he definitely didn't. And I think his his will and his force of nature put them in a position where they were an unlikely playoff contender in 2019 after losing Big Ben in week two. And they did make the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. But I think that's a trade they make no matter what, because that's a guy they had their eyes on and the opportunity was there and they were able to grab him. And he's one of those guys where in hindsight you say, man, he should have been a stealer from the get go. But even if they say this is the year we have to move on from Ben and we're going to let Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins compete, and who knows what you're going to have with Dwayne Haskins. Maybe Dwayne Haskins failed in Washington because Washington, right? He was there as a rookie in the last year of Bruce Allen dysfunction. So maybe if you give him a fresh start somewhere else and he's been humbled by what's happened in Washington, Maybe maybe he grows into somebody that they can work with and turn into a decent quarterback, and then it's an absolute steal. You got a guy who was the 15th overall pick in the draft, and you know a lot of people criticized Washington when they released him, like, "Oh God, why'd you take him?" If if they hadn't, somebody else was going to take him in round one. He was a round one talent. This wasn't one of those scratch your head. What are they doing? They're pulling some guy out of out of thin air. This is a guy that was regarded as a first round prospect. So. Hey, it's it's only a positive, whatever you get out of him. And if it doesn't work out, it's a low cost. See you later. Thanks for coming in and trying to play. So I, I, I just I, I've been in and around Pittsburgh most of my life, and I don't recall a time that there's been this kind of awkward, bizarre uncertainty with the Steelers. And, you know, th- there's a lesson to be learned, I think, from the Terry Bradshaw departure. There's a story that Tony Dungy tells about the 83 Steelers when they had Dan Marino fall right into their laps in the draft. There he was. 
and they decided they didn't want to have an awkward transition and they didn't want to have issues with Marino on the roster and Bradshaw on the roster. And Bradshaw gets injured that year, and that's his last season in the NFL. And they could have had Marino. They could have had him, period. That was that. And and so, look, there aren't a lot of people there who were there back in 1983, but Art Rooney, Art Rooney knows. Art Rooney lived it. Art Rooney was part of the, you know, he was around. The family owned the team then. And I, I think that, you know, the last time they they they, they – were overly patient with a franchise quarterback, it blew up in their faces. And I think they may be they may be wondering, you know, given where we draft, we're not all the way at the bottom. We made the playoffs where I don't know what their draft position is right now, but my guess is somewhere in the in the low twenties, maybe somebody falls into their lap. And if you have Ben Roethlisberger and you've reconfigured the salary cap to keep him around, it makes it harder to draft a quarterback. You still can. Packers did it last year. But I, I, I just I, I think that that one more year idea, I, I just, they're going to regret it. If they do it, the team and or Roethlisberger, when we get to November or December, are going to say, man, we, ju- we just shouldn't have done this one more year, especially if they don't think they're a contender. It's one thing for Jerome Bettis to come back one more year in 2005 when you got a Super Bowl team and they won it. But when you, when you aren't sure that you can contend at a high level – why hold it together with Ben for one more year? And by the way, they have the 24th overall pick. So who knows what quarterback will be there? And they're probably so early in their scouting, although they've got a decent amount of hay in the barn at this point. They probably have a pretty good idea from studying film who they may like, but they don't know who's going to be there. It's just it's a complicated situation for the Steelers. But I think the worst thing they could do is keep Ben. He gets injured or they just they just aren't very good this year. And our final memory of Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers is a 6-10 a and 10 team. I think the interesting thing about it is Father Time is undefeated. And the only person that Father Time hasn't defeated uh, uh, is Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. And like everybody else, you know, we just we've seen it with Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, you know, Peyton Manning, all these quarterbacks who were of that generation, Eli Manning, I guess we can put in this category too, where Father Time just catches up. And it seemed like it was catching up to Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, when we saw him on the bench at the end of that playoff game and he had tears in his eyes, it just seemed like maybe this is the end for him. But then he says he wants to come back. And so maybe this is like that last year, that that last time, you know, the one more ride that he can go out and try to go out with a Lombardi trophy. And I just, I agree with you, Mike. I don't know that they really are Super Bowl contenders at this point. And so because of that, is it really worth the one more year, the one last shot, the one last ride? I don't know. But if Roethlisberger still thinks he can play at a high level, it's probably hard for the competitor in him to then say, well, why would I not do this? I still love playing football. I still love going out there and competing with my teammates. I still love trying to throw the ball down the field to guys like Chase Claypool. If I'm him, I understand it from that perspective. But at the same time, I, I think you're right with the Steelers, man. You, you just don't want to hang on too long when there could be an opportunity to move on and figure out who your next quarterback is going to be for the next 10, 15 years. That, that's something that really is important for any franchise, Mike. It's always hard to do the math in February when there's 28 days in the month, but I think he's 12 days away from turning 39. 12 days away. On March 2, Ben Roethlisberger is 39. I wonder at some level whether or not the things he's saying about wanting to play is just bravado. And deep down, he's maybe 
hoping, thinking, wondering that they'll decide to move on, that he doesn't want to say, I retire, I quit, I whatever. And and that's the other side of it that would be interesting. And if he truly loves the game and if he truly wants to keep playing and they would cut him, he's a free agent. He'd go anywhere. And And think of it from that perspective. As we map out all of the available options, if Ben Roethlisberger were to be cut by the Steelers today, is there a rush for his services? Do the Colts suddenly say to the Eagles, you can take your Carson Wentz trade demands and stick them where the sun don't shine. We're going after Ben Roethlisberger. Do the Saints say, well, forget about Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. We're going after Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think so, Miles. I'm trying to be objective here. Would there be, do you think there would be a list of teams that would suddenly say, scratch out plan B, plan C, plan D, our new plan A is Ben Roethlisberger? I don't know that there would be a very long list of teams, but I think that the Colts would probably kick the tires on it just because he's a veteran guy. They seem to be a Super Bowl caliber team if they have the right quarterback there. I mean, Phillip Rivers played decently well, I thought, over the course of the season. I thought he got better as things went on. Um, But Washington would be another team that I might think, okay, if they have a QB that can get things done, then, yeah, they're probably in a good spot at competing, especially because they're in that lowly NFC East. But if I'm the Saints, I don't know why I would want Ben Roethlisberger over somebody like Jameis Winston. I mean, because, look, I – Jameis Winston, we know can throw the ball and we know can throw touchdowns. His only thing is, can you cut down on the turnovers? And I think with Sean Payton there, yeah, they probably have a better shot with him, especially because he's been in that system already for a year than getting somebody like a Ben Roethlisberger and trying to roll the dice just one last time on that. They already went through that with Drew Brees this year, I think. There's always two versions of this show. There's the show that we plan to do and the show that we trip into. Right now, what we're going to do, Miles, we're going to go through the 32 teams rapid fire, and we're going to do a yes-no, do we think they would be interested. I may handle some of them because it's obvious, and I'll start with the AFC East. Bills, absolutely not. Jets. Jets? I can't imagine. Would they? Would they move Sam Darnold? And say, come to town for a year, Ben Roethlisberger? I can't imagine the Jets would do that. I can't either. That wouldn't seem to make sense. I mean, Robert Solitz's his first year. They're not expected to be a Super Bowl contender. They're not a QB away from anything. I wouldn't say the Jets. And he's going to have to want to go to a team where he thinks he can make a difference and pursue a championship and do to the Steelers what Tom Brady did to the Patriots. All right, Patriots. Speaking of the, speaking of the Patriots, uh, need a quarterback. I, I, the Patriot way and Ben Roethlisberger do not seem to mesh in my mind. No, but I think we might have said the same thing about Cam Newton, right? And it didn't, and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's not well, Cam's fault. They didn't have any help around him. That's the reason for Ben to not want it. Ben's coming from this group of every guy they draft turns to gold. Every receiver, pick him round two, round seven, round wherever, and he's great. And then you come up to the place where. If you gave him 100 draft picks, they wouldn't find a good receiver. So I think I think he would be disinclined to join the Patriots from that perspective. Dolphins, could he be the new Fitz to Tua? I don't think he'd uh, want that. I don't think I, – if I'm Tua, there's no way I would want that either. Um, but I, I think the Dolphins are another place where it's kind of like, yeah, you know, if your QB plays a little bit better, then that elevates you. But I don't know that – 
Miami should be looking for that short-term solution rather than a long-term solution. I wouldn't throw Tua overboard for Ben. There are other guys where I would say, like if I can get Deshaun Watson, sorry Tua, we love you, but we're taking Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson, sorry Tua. But with Ben, I think you stick with Tua. All right, uh, the Ravens, absolutely not. The Browns, absolutely not. Although that, that would be fascinating to see him play for the team closest to where he grew up. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. Uh, Raiders, okay, th this is a great test because the Raiders are always looking. Mike Mayock, the GM of the team, constantly says, we're always searching for an upgrade at every position. I wouldn't want Ben Roethlisberger over Derek Carr right now, would you? No, I don't think that I would uh, because Derek Carr can get things done. I, I, I don't think Derek Carr was the main issue for the Raiders last season. I think that that offense has to get better in the red zone, and I don't necessarily know that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be able to make you do that. Um, also, I mean, as we show the graphic now, like, look, their deep passing was another thing that the Raiders had problems with, whether it was, I don't know, the scheme or Derek Carr just didn't necessarily want to fire it down the field. He did a little bit more last year than he has in the past, but I, I don't know that Ben Roethlisberger would be the solution for the Raiders if you really want to upgrade. I, I don't see Roethlisberger as an upgraded Derek Carr at this point. The best part about it, though, would be, given the overall size of Ben Roethlisberger, that he and Gruden could do like a ventriloquist dummy routine where Gruden could sit on his lap and pretend to be the, the wooden dummy and Ben could be the ventriloquist. That would be worth it right there. Uh, Chargers and Chiefs, absolutely not. They have their franchise. Guys, uh, sliding over to the NFC. Um, uh, oh, oh we, did, we didn't mention Denver. Oh, Denver. We got to go Denver. Oh, and I forgot the well. Who I forgot the AFC South. Sorry, I it's it's easy to forget the AFC South. We've got uh, the Denver Broncos. They've got Drew Locke, um, and and they don't seem to be sold on Drew Locke. Uh, again, to, you know, they they went for Peyton Manning and it worked for five years. Ben Roethlisberger's a, a one to two year fix. They weren't interested in Philip Rivers last year. They still thought they had something in Drew Locke. Could you see the Broncos making that move? This one I actually could see because I don't know that the Broncos are championship caliber, but I think going into next year, Vic Fangio is one of these guys that might be on the hot seat or at least should be thinking about, hey, how can I keep my job? He's got to win probably seven, eight, nine games. They need to be over 500, especially because they also have a new general manager. Uh, so this is one where I could maybe see it, especially because, look, they've got guys like Noah Fent. They've got Cortland Sutton. They've got Jerry Judy. There are pieces there that maybe could make for a successful offense, Mike. Yeah, but do you want to step into a division with the Chiefs and the Chargers, oh. who I think are going to be a lot better this year as Justin Herbert develops? The path to the Super Bowl is a little bit rockier in that division. All right, I did skip over the South. Sorry, teams of the South. We talked about the Colts already, though. That's the only team in that division that jumps out to me. The Titans have Ryan Tannehill under contract. The Jaguars are most likely going to get Trevor Lawrence. I can't imagine them saying, let's put the the possibility of getting a 10- to 15-year starter on hold for a, a one-year run with Ben Roethlisberger. And then the Texans. Now, that would be an interesting sitcom, Jack, Jack Easterby and Ben Roethlisberger. That, that would be fun, but I don't think either side would be interested there. I'd love to see it, though. I really would. I mean, they get rid of Deshaun Watson and bring in Ben Roethlisberger. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, it would be fun. If you're a Texans fan, there'd be, there's another word that starts with F and U that you would be saying. All right. Uh, <laughs> NFC East. Look, the Cowboys, we assume they're going to keep Dak Prescott. The Eagles, I don't, I don't 
correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, they've got Jalen Hurts. They're talking about drafting a guy with the sixth overall pick. I don't think they're going to ride with Ben. How about Washington, though? They're looking. They, they, yeah, they, you 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 were you you covered the Panthers. You know Ron Rivera. You think Ron Rivera would be interested in a year with Ben? I, I think that, like I said, Washington. I think would make sense at least for a little bit. That one year, maybe they bring him in, and then they also try to draft and develop another guy. I think that, especially as we were saying earlier, in that NFC East, they're they're they want it going seven and nine already. So I think if we see them have a QB who can maybe do a couple things throw the ball down the field, if they get a good running game, that defense, I think, led by Chase Young, is good enough that they might be a quarterback away from really being a above 500 contending team as opposed to a below 500 contending team. I think Washington might make sense. And if the path to the Super Bowl, the difficulty is what would be one of the factors for Ben, First of all, you get an easy path to win the division, relatively speaking, especially in comparison to some of the divisions we were talking about in the AFC. And uh, look, the general consensus is all the best teams are in the AFC. The Super Bowl winners in the NFC, but the, the you know they have a, a, a more top-heavy collection of great teams in the AFC. The, uh, the the Giants have Daniel Jones. I can't imagine them doing anything. Let's move to the NFC North. Packers and and Lions have their guys for twenty. 21 the Vikings have their guy they're locked into Kirk Cousins the Chicago Bears one of the reasons that I've decided they should be interested in Carson Wentz is there really aren't a lot of other options out there a year with Ben Roethlisberger to just try to see what they can do you think the Bears should be or would be interested in that I think the Bears could be interested in that. I don't know if they should be. I don't know how much better he really makes them than Mitchell Trubisky because at least Trubisky can kind of do some things with his legs and maybe make some plays a little bit. But they, they've got to make sure that they could uh, continue to have Allen Robinson too, who's going to be a free agent. I don't know if they want to franchise him or not, especially with the way the cap is going to be. But look, it, I think that he, that's another team that could make sense for Ben Roethlisberger if I'm him. I might be interested in Chicago. If I'm Chicago, I don't know how interested I would be in Ben Roethlisberger. See, that's the thing I keep coming back to. I just, the, the name is not going to create the kind of instant sizzle that it would have a few years ago that Phillip Rivers did last year, that Tom Brady did last year, that the prospect, this kind of vague prospect that maybe Drew Brees would go play for someone else. He's made it clear time and again he wouldn't. You know, three years ago, I remember saying, hey, Vikings, instead of going after a guy like Kirk Cousins, just go get Drew Brees. He's out there. He's a free agent. Make him an offer. Whatever you'd pay Cousins, offer to Brees. But Brees has never been a guy who had never been a guy. And clearly at this point, he's retiring. But uh, the, the sizzle that was there with other guys, I, it's just not there for me with Ben. NFC South, we talked about the Saints briefly. Buccaneers have Tom Brady. Atlanta Falcons have a ton of money invested in Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. It looks like they're not moving on from them, and they, they're going to be in a cap nightmare as well. The Panthers have been trying to find an upgrade at quarterback, and who knows what they may be plotting. Are they plotting a run at Deshaun Watson? Are they thinking about making a run at Russell Wilson? Could they maybe try to get the first overall pick in the draft? If all those things fail, are they a team? Are they a team that, that may be – would say, hey, we want a great quarterback. We'll take a year with Ben if we can get it. 
Um, that'd be interesting. I mean, I, I think that I think that Matt Rule could maybe go for Ben Roethlisberger. I think it would be an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. The, the issue, I think, would be then what's next? I mean, you have to be able to get somebody behind him and say, all right, this is our plan for the future. Because, I mean, I know Matt Rule's got a really long contract that's also very lucrative. But at the same time, you have to have a really clear plan, I think, for what the QB position is going to be in the future. Although the other thing there is that uh, David Tepper used to be a Steelers minority owner. So, I mean, maybe there's that connection that would bring those two together. And I don't know, maybe that could, you know, result in a marriage for a year or another two years, perhaps. But I, I, I don't know how much of an upgrade he would be over Teddy Bridgewater, but I think he would be at least somewhat of an upgrade over him. It's also possible that Tepper spent enough time behind the curtain to say, no, thank you. We're good. We're, yeah. we're good. We'll, 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 we'll go with Will Greer. Uh, thank you very much. NFC West, where two of the teams, the two teams that Ben beat for Super Bowl championships reside, the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Obviously, the Cardinals have Kyler Murray. The Seahawks have Russell Wilson. I can't imagine them moving R- Russell Wilson to have a one-year stint with Ben Roethlisberger. The Rams or Stafford, the only team there worth even discussing would be the 49ers but to the extent that Kyle Shanahan wants basically a robotic quarterback who runs the offense exactly the way he wants does exactly what he thinks and 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 just submits fully to the coach's authority I don't think Ben's going to be doing that although if look if you are Ben and you're looking at the teams in the NFC one that would stand out would be the 49ers when you consider the talent that they have so I could see him being interested in them I have a hard time thinking they'd be interested in him, Miles. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that they would be very interested in him. I, I don't know how much of an upgrade he would be over Jimmy Garoppolo, other than the fact that Ben Roethlisberger starts a bunch of games. Uh, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo's big problem is that he just can't really stay healthy. And, you know, he goes out there, and I think he knows how to run the offense pretty well um, in Garoppolo. But, yeah, I'd, I wouldn't understand why the 49ers would have any interest in Ben Roethlisberger. Last year, Tom Brady wanted to play for the 49ers, and the 49ers evaluated and said, no, thank you. Now, there may be a certain amount of regret they're feeling, given that Tom Brady won the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, but I don't think that regret manifests itself in, hey, we have an opportunity to get a guy who's even younger than Brady was. Let's let's take him instead. I still don't think they're going to keep Garoppolo, but I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is the alternative that they find. The the other issue is, if he's available, what kind of money is he going to be looking for, especially in a year where the cap is depressed? Last year, when it was Rivers, Breeze, and Brady, all free agents, they all got $25 million for last year. And I think if Ben is available and somebody is interested in him, I don't think he's going to be at $25 million. I think it's going to be at more like $15 million. He's due to make 19 this year. And he said, I don't care about what I make this year. But, but I, I just, it's easy to say it. I, I don't care about my pay at all this year. That's easy to say. It's harder to sign the contract. That's the thing. And I really do believe at some level, there's a disconnect between what he wants and what he says. Look, he's only going to go through this one time in his life. There's no playbook. There's no magic sheet of answers that you rattle off. And you're processing all of your emotions at a time when you're making these comments and saying these things. And if he leaves the Steelers, he doesn't want the perception to be that he wanted too much money. He doesn't want to be the bad guy. 
you could still make a decent amount of money over the court. Not not that he needs it, but we've seen Steelers players kind of hang around and be beloved and have opportunities. And and you know, you get money for nothing. You go golfing for free. You're you're you know you're you're just you're still part of the club. If you're perceived as being greedy on your way out the door, maybe you won't be. So I've just I I I'd like to attach Ben Roethlisberger to a lie detector test. And uh, I, I want do you do you really want to play? And do you really want to play for the Steelers, or are you just looking for a graceful way out? And uh, at some level, I feel like that may be the truth here. Yeah. Anytime somebody says, I don't really care what I make. I don't believe them. I, I, I just, frankly, I just don't, I, I never do because everybody cares what they make. They do. And I don't, if you could be Jeff Bezos or you could be anybody, you know, making minimum wage, you care about how much money you make. And so from that perspective, I get that Ben Roethlisberger is probably trying to be graceful as he goes out because yes, he has made a lot of money as the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but saying, I don't know, you know, I don't care what I make this year. Yes, you do. I'm sorry. You do. Everybody does. And that's fine. I think that that's a human thing. It's a normal thing to care about how much money you make. But if that's going to be the case where you know you need to restructure, then there's got to be, I guess, some sort of bar to say, this is what I'm willing to pay for. Because at that uh, play for, I should say, because at that point, there's got to be some sort of line drawn anywhere. Because you can't just say, I don't really care. Yes, you do. Everybody cares. And there's already a baseline of what you're going to make already. So from that perspective, yeah, he could be trying to find a graceful way out. But saying, I don't care what I make, it it doesn't ring true to me. I'd like that lie detector test too, Mike. Here's the other side of it, Miles. And we talked about this last year as it related to Phillip Rivers getting $25 million from the Colts. Because when you look, Breeze, Brady, Rivers all getting 25. Who doesn't belong and why? It's Rivers. But, but the locker room pays attention. How much respect is the rest of the team going to have for the guy who walks through the door making peanuts? Now, it worked for the Patriots with Cam Newton. He walked through the door making peanuts. But the circumstances were very different. And he's, he's still he's Cam Newton. There's something about Cam Newton that even if he is making minimum wage, when he walks into the locker room, the jaws are going to drop for the players who are in there. I don't know that, you know, if Ben shows up making the the league minimum, he's going to have that same impact. And I agree with you. Just because he says, I don't care what I make, that doesn't mean anything. If anything, he does care what he makes. He's just trying to make it look like he's not being greedy in Pittsburgh because he doesn't want to be viewed as the bad guy. He has been viewed as the bad guy. When he went through the stuff in Georgia in 2010, I remember listening to talk radio from Pittsburgh for a few days just to get an idea of what they were saying. And it was as bad as I've ever heard a team talk about its starting quarterback or the fans of a team talk about its starting quarterback. It's amazing how he's got his redemption. I don't think he wants to blow that on his way out the door. And I think that's why he said the things he said. And I think that's why he's acting like he wants to play. And also if he would retire, technically he would owe the Steelers $12 million. And I don't know that they would or wouldn't try to get some of that back, but maybe the answer is we just agree to go our separate ways and you don't owe us any money. And we're going to move forward with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins or whoever else we may happen to acquire this off season. All right, we're going to move on when we return A little more from Kevin Colbert as it relates to a big-name free agent 
who has made a one-word declaration about his free agency experience. We'll do that next here on Pro Football Talk Live. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Welcome back to PFT Live. J.J. Watt, a free agent as of six days ago. One word explanation for the experience so far. Wild. That tweet came out of nowhere yesterday, just after lunchtime. Free agency is wild. I don't know what he means. Does it mean that he's fending off suitors with a stick? Or does it mean he's sitting around twiddling his thumbs, waiting for the offers to roll in? My guess, Miles, given the unique nature of 2021 and given that no one knows how much money they're going to have to spend, thus they don't know what their budgets will be, the phone has not been ringing the way that he thought it would. Now, it's easy for it to ring with, hey, we're interested in your guy. It's another thing for it to ring with, we're ready to submit an official offer. I think that's why J.J. Watt believes that the experience is wild. Well, it's it could be that. It could be all the guys that are tweeting at him and wants, you know, saying how much they want him to come play with them or whatnot. But I think you're right that the phone probably is not ringing as much as it would be with offers um, as it would be in a, in a typical year because you just don't know how much you can pay him. You don't know what the salary cap is. And because of that, you can't really budget what you might spend on free agents versus what you know you're going to need for the draft and all these different types of things. So yeah, I, I think... At this point, J.J. Watt is a great name to be out there. He's still a very good, productive player. Uh, As long as he stays healthy, I think that he could definitely help a contender. But if you are a contender and you know he's available, you might say, yes, J.J., we're interested in you. But unfortunately, right now, we just can't make you an offer because I'm sorry we don't know what the cap is and we have no idea what we're going to be able to pay you. And that's got to be a slap in the face for a guy who rightfully viewed himself as one of the best defensive players of the past generation, three-time defensive player of the year, surefire Hall of Famer, and now he's available, and yeah, he's 32, and yeah, he's not the guy he used to be, but he's still pretty damn good, and it's crickets. That, that's that got to be unsettling. The other side of it, too, 
we're going to continue to get the reports of potential interest. Mutual interest is the new phrase. And I don't want to be overly cynical here, but let's face it. Each one of these teams has its own media operation now. If you can inject into the overall consciousness of your fan base that you potentially may be getting a J.J. Watt, that's good for business. People are going to be dialing up buffalobills.com now that it's out there that there's mutual interest between the Bills and J.J. Watt. I know what I would do as a fan. I'd be checking it all the time. I'd be creeping on the Twitter page of the Buffalo Bills. When's the announcement? When are we going to find out? What do we know? How much does he want? Can we afford it? That becomes a little cottage industry within the broader cottage industry of of monetizing the coverage of you as a football team. So, look, the Bills make sense. The Bills make sense. Um, the question is, where does he want to go? And does he care about what he makes this year? He's yet to say that, like Ben did. But I assume at some level, at some, how's it not a factor? All things equal, I'll go to Green Bay, I'll go to Pittsburgh, I'll go to wherever. But things have to be equal first. And if there is one team that's putting a lot more money on the table, and, and there is no sure thing, there's no sure thing. All you know is it's a contender. We don't know how the dominoes are going to fall with injuries and bad calls and good calls and bounces of the ball and weird fluky things and weather. We don't know any of that. So you grab the most money you can. I got no problem with that. It's the American way. So it's it's just a strange spot that he's found himself in. The 33-day head start on free agency is now down to 27. And I don't know that after the first six days we're any closer to where we would have been last Friday. Well, I think, first of all, heck yeah, you know, all things being equal, that's probably where he would want to go. And also, heck yeah, he probably cares about where, uh, how much money he's going to make wherever he goes. But when it comes to the bills, I think that the mutual interest makes sense, certainly. And the one good thing that, you know, you're talking about the whole cottage industry of talking about your team and dialing up buffalobills.com, they could at least talk about J.J. Watt because he was released. Whereas, you know, like we saw with John Gruden last month, where he goes on Richard Sherman's podcast because Richard Sherman's going to be an unrestricted free agent, that's tampering. Right now, they can talk all they want about J.J. Watt on any one of these uh, official team sites because it's not tampering. So that definitely helps the case in terms of drumming up interest in what it might be like if J.J. Watt were to join that defensive line and maybe take that defense to the next level. The Bills can talk about J.J. Watt, and they did. The Steelers can talk about J.J. Watt. Kevin Colbert had a chance to do so yesterday, and he didn't. Here's what he had to say. We never talk about an individual uh, potential negotiation. It's my job and our, our personnel department's job to know when a player gets cut and we, you know, who that player is and how could he possibly fit into this. We anticipate a lot of players uh, getting cut in the next few weeks as teams come to the realization of what the cap may be. And for each and every player that gets cut, uh, we will we will put those players into the free agency group that we know uh, have their contracts coming to an end, and we continue to make those adjustments. Um, so TJ, TJ is, is our guy. Derek is with us. Whether or not we can ever add uh, anybody, I'd, I'd hate to talk about it because it would be just speculation at this point. Something he said there caught my attention, Miles. And I, I remember the first time I was in the, a team facilities, whatever, whatever the room is, the situation room, war room, whatever the, whatever the cool word is. 
but they have the giant board, and you've got all the players by position on the roster on one side, and then you've got all the positions on the other side and all the guys who are available just lined up, you know, 10, 15 deep at every position. And that's the moment where it's like, my God, these guys really are fungible. And for the people who are pulling the strings and creating the roster, take one name off, put another name on. And those are human beings. But there's nothing like that setting to just see that they're, they're, they're not chess pieces. They're checkers pieces. They're all the same, right? So the point that Colbert made that caught my attention, there's going to be other guys who were cut. So why are we going to chase J.J. Watt when we don't know who else is out there? It's like if you're looking for a house and you buy the first one you like and then the next day you open the paper and you see one that's two times better and half the price and it's too late. And so I think the Steelers and every other team, before they commit to Watt, they want to see who else is out there. Where's the surprise going to come from? Who's the guy that may be available that we're not thinking of that a team may decide we just can't work something out? We have to cut this guy. So that's the big – it's nothing against J.J. Watt. There's going to be other – not J.J. Watts necessarily, but there's going to be a bunch of other guys, those those little magnetic – those those little ma- magnet – whatever I'm trying – you know, little steel play – whatever. whatever yeah. there, there's going to be other guys. Let's just leave it at that. They know who we mean. And, and I think that's part of this. That's why they're waiting. Okay, Mike, you showed your age there two times. A, with calling them the magnets. Like, they just use computer programs now, man. And the second thing... No, they have a big board. They have a big board with magnets. Magnets are involved. Sometimes they're involved, but the the teams I've worked at, it's just a computer program. And then you're talking about opening the paper and finding another house listing. Bro, everything is online now. You don't don't open the paper and look for a house. You just just do it on... Yes, exactly. You know, Zillow, Trulia, all those places, they're great. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the bigger point is, like you were saying, there are going to be a lot of other veterans that are going to be cut. And so there could be somebody else that actually might be a better fit for a, a team like the Steelers than somebody like J.J. Watt just because his brothers happen to be on the team. And so from that perspective, you're not necessarily wanting to chase somebody like a J.J. Watt just because he's a big name. You want to get the guy that is right for you. And I think that's something the Steelers have done historically pretty darn well. They get guys who fit their system and fit their brand and fit exactly what Steelers football is. So because of that, I think you're right. I don't know that J.J. Watt is somebody that they want to chase. By the way, now that I remember it more clearly, it wasn't magnets. It was a giant touchscreen. So okay, there's there that. Uh, all right, uh, let's take a quick break. Another guy who we know will be available in free agency, but he's not free yet, as you mentioned earlier, Miles, as it relates to John Gruden. But until then, the Minnesota Wild. Taking a look at J.J. Watt. Free agency is wild. Minnesota Wild makes sense. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. If you didn't know, Richard Sherman isn't going to be back with the 49ers. I think he's said so at least a dozen times since the end of the season, most recently via the Sacramento Bee. It's been made pretty clear. It was a good conversation, nothing crazy, just a good conversation about where they are and where I am and their plans. We were both very positive and as good as you can be in a situation like this three years for Sherman with the 49ers and look miles up the the Super Bowl year changed the perception of where Richard Sherman was and it helps to have a great pass rush if you're an aging corner who who doesn't have the same level of skill that you once had 
Going into that season, going into that training camp, and as that season approached, there was a very clear sense that they were thinking about moving on from Richard Sherman. They didn't, and it worked out well for everybody. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm surprised it lasted three years. And now he moves on. He wants to play two years somewhere else. Well, okay, I'd like to play two years for someone too. Whether or not you get an offer – that's going to be the question, and that's going to be, you know, it's one thing for John Gruden to joke around about it because he was joking even though he was clearly tampering. It's going to be interesting to see who's interested and what kind of money is out there. And like J.J. Watt, Ben Roethlisberger, everybody else we've discussed today, Miles, we're not going to know until they know what the cap is. Well, the other thing, too, is that Richard Sherman just has been seeming to get his name out there for a really long time. I mean, you can go back to, I think it was December when he started talking about, oh, it would be a miracle if I were be to uh, if I would be able to come back here just based on the way things are. So he's been trying to drum up interest for himself, I think, for the better part of the last couple of months. And, you know, again, you see him do another interview with a, a, an outlet in the Bay Area, basically just kind of reminding people, I think, hey, I'm going to be out there. And if you want a veteran cornerback who can, you know, play cover three and do all these things that are very good. And I'm still, I've still got some years left in me. He wants to remind people of that. And, you know, maybe it's going to work out for him that he drums up some interest because, but I don't know how much I would be interested. Here's the problem. Big personality tends to suck the air out of the room, right? If the skills don't match it, what, what do you have? What are you bringing into your facility if the skills aren't there and if it's obvious to the other players that he's not the guy that he once was? And maybe he'll have a rebirth and maybe they'll line up for him. I just think that, especially with the salary cap, he's going to be waiting a while and he may get frustrated about that. Full hour still to come. We'll be right back. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 